everybody. Welcome to Wednesday with Dr. Nancy at lunch. Um, this is another beautiful snowy day. For those that you know me, you know I like the winter, I like the snow. Um, I have not got out and snowmobiled yet. Um, Michigan's not getting the snow that we're getting. So as soon as they get some, I'm headed north. So um, before we get started, I just wanna remind everybody, um, we sent out an email this morning to remind you about our workshop on Saturday. And speaking of snow, I hear from everybody that we're expecting some. Um, so we're planning to meet at 10 o'clock um, Saturday morning for our tapping workshop. If for some reason we have too much snow and um, Colette isn't, you know, can't make it here, we're gonna do a Zoom call instead. So we ask that you just email us um, your email and let us know you're interested and that way we'll put you on our email list to let you know if we do do a Zoom call. But otherwise we're having it in our office this Saturday at 10 o'clock. Uh, the cost is $25 and um, it's a tapping workshop which will kind of correlate to what we're going to talk about today with our special guest. Um, we have Megan Peck and Megan from a really, I love pediatric business names. She's from a um, business called Mini Minds. Um, we have Mini Minds and we have Little Eyes over here. So um, I love the name. So um, Megan's going to talk to us a little bit about um, anxiety today with our kids and um, hopefully give you some tips and um, solutions to help with your children. So welcome, Megan. Hello, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So tell me a little bit about Mini Minds, um, what you do there, what, um, what your practice is like. Sure, so Mini Minds is a multidisciplinary practice here in Carmel, um, and we specialize in taking the world's latest brain research and placing it in the hands of the families that we work with. So when you say multidisciplinary, what kind of practitioners do you have there? So myself, I'm a licensed clinician. I have my master's in clinical social work, and I also have my master's in early childhood special and general education. Besides mental health clinicians, we also have speech therapists, occupational therapists, and we even have a registered dietitian on staff to help with those nutrition and wellness concerns that so many of our families have. So when you're dealing with um, uh, the whole wellness thing, you're dealing with nutrition and um, some, are you doing some exercises with them, things, body stuff, um, as well as talking through things? Yep, so multidisciplinary practice means full mind body. So actually one of our favorite things to do here at Mini Minds is yoga. And we love to use yoga to teach children about their brains. Great. So we'll get some more information about specific things you do. Um, if you do any classes or anything, it'd be great to know. Um, but let's dive into um, what you're seeing as far as the anxiety in your practice with children. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. So like I said, uh, Mini Minds is a multidisciplinary practice. I don't know why I can't say that word today. Um, on a side note, I told Dr. Nancy earlier, this is my first Facebook live interview of any sort. So I'm feeling a little nervous, but I thought that was somewhat appropriate considering we're talking about anxiety today. Um, but I'm also really excited because we're really passionate about taking, again, the world's latest brain research and placing it in the hands of our local families. And the reason that we like to do that is because the research shows us uh, that increasing our understanding of how the brain works um, actually plays a very critical role in our social and emotional development. So in teaching children and parents about the connections between their thoughts and their feelings and their behaviors, we're able to empower them to raise uh, children who thrive. Um, 
and cope with overwhelming emotions like anger and anxiety, which is what we're here to talk about today. Uh, so we, again, we like to teach people about the brain. Um, and so one of my favorite books that I use to teach people about the brain is called um, My Fantastic Elastic Brain. And I'm just going to show you one page from it, but it's just, it's a wealth of knowledge. But if you can see this page right here, it gives a pretty like detailed but simple view of the brain. So we have the prefrontal cortex and the cerebrum up here. Those are the thinking parts of the brain. Right here in the middle, we have the amygdala and the hippocampus. That's the feeling part of the brain. And down here, we have the cerebellum, and that's the doing part of the brain. Um, so we always start off by reading um, this book with kiddos. I highly, highly, highly recommend it for all families. Um, and once we've kind of given a general overview of the brain, uh, we're able to dig a little bit deeper with kiddos and actually do like a personalized um, brain drawing. Uh, and it uh, looks usually looks a little something like this. Um, so we're going to go into more detail kind of exploring um, what's happening inside each child's um, thinking feeling and doing parts of their brain. Um, so again, this is an example. This is actually a real example. Um, this is uh, completed by a fourth grader right here in Fishers. Wow. And his parents initially reached out to me um, because this child was experiencing uh, angry outbursts. So what some people might describe as rage, right? And so um, these behaviors were causing a conflict at home. Um, it was really starting to disrupt the family's daily life. Um, it was interfering with his ability to get along with peers. Um, and he was starting to get in trouble at school. Now, aside from all of these challenges that the parents initially came with, um, they also pointed out a lot of his strengths. Uh, so this child has been in a high ability class since first grade. Um, and when he's calm and in control, he's described as sweet and loving and kind and creative and outgoing. Um, so we kind of sit here and say, what's going on here? Uh, and this is fairly common at our practice. Parents often come in expressing concerns about anger or rage and describe behaviors such as um, the child is argumentative or the child is defiant and sometimes um, the child is, is aggressive. So the very first thing I say to any parent that I work with, no matter what the overwhelming feeling is, but when we look at the behaviors, we have to kind of use the lens, kind of view the behavior um, as a distress signal. So a signal that something deeper is going on inside the mind. So a behavior is an outward signal that something deeper is going on inside the mind and the body. And it's our job to kind of figure it out. Um, angry and aggressive behaviors are often a symptom of overwhelming thoughts and feelings inside a child's mind. Um, and we'll often see anger as what we call a secondary emotion um, to anxiety, anxiety being the primary emotion. But if we just treat anxiety, we're, or sorry, if we just treat that anger, we just treat those behaviors, we're not digging deeper into the true meaning behind those behaviors, which is often anxiety. Um, and anxiety is such a complex emotion um, that 
a lot of us, um, children and adults, aren't really good at recognizing it, let alone knowing what to do with it. But if we can't even identify that there's a problem, we're certainly not going to be that effective in coping with that problem. Um, so the first thing that we'll do in kind of moving on from the brain education and doing some more therapeutic work is helping the child grow uh, their feelings vocabulary. Because again, if they're just screaming anger, 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 but they're not talking about the anxiety, we're not going to do any good problem solving because we're on two different pages. So we spend some time growing the feelings language surrounding anxiety. Um, so we'll talk about feelings like anxious. Uh, so we always want to encourage kids to use the sentence structure like I feel blank when blank or I feel blank because. So I feel anxious. I feel nervous. I feel worried is another big one we'll get. Scared. This is my favorite one because it can apply to so many situations. Overwhelmed. And then if we have older kiddos and we have concerns about anxiety at school or in other social situations, we may find that we're dealing with uh, feeling embarrassed, uh, feeling insecure, uh, or even feeling rejected. So we take a look at the huge, I mean, the feelings wheel is like 100, 150 words for describing all these feelings. And we take a look at all of that with kids and have them pull out what they themselves are experiencing. And again, give them the confidence to clearly articulate, I feel nervous. Um, now, if we take a look back at this kiddo's picture, we can see that uh, some of the feelings that he identified were feeling mad, frustrated, nervous, anxious, sad, depressed, overwhelmed, uh, and annoyed. So we were really able to dig down, dig further from the actions or the behaviors that the parents came in with and dig deep down further into the feelings behind them. And then once we've done this feelings work, we can go into the thought work. Um, and most anxious thoughts start with what if. So what if is usually your first indicator that an, that an anxious thought is about to follow. Um, so this kiddo described, um, what if I can't figure out this answer? What if I forget to do something? Uh, what if uh, mom gets mad I don't finish my homework? What if I don't do my homework right? What if I don't do a good job? So a lot of performance anxiety in here that we didn't even know about because again, initially we were only looking at the behaviors, which again are a distress signal for what going on underneath. So we were able to kind of dig deeper and deeper and figure out the feelings and the thoughts behind the actions. Um, and once we've done this, really explored how the mind is responding um, to the anger and anxiety, uh, then we can kind of, we can say, hey, we've, we've viewed the whole cognitive thought process behind this overwhelming emotion. And then we can move into like, all right, that's great. What do we do about this? Um, and so we'll actually dig even deeper with families. Um, and we'll go into, um, here's the little client right here, right? 
And our little client might come to us because he's punching or kicking or screaming or just completely melting down. Um, and we'll dig deeper with that client, right? We talked about the brain and we'll go on to explore uh, the nervous system. So the nervous system is the brain's connection to the rest of the body. And when the brain identifies an overwhelming emotion and doesn't know what to do with it, it sends a message to the rest of the body to prepare for fight, flight, or freeze, right? Most of us mm -hmm. have heard of that stress response. And along with that stress response uh, comes the circulatory system. So the circulatory system sends rushes of blood to all of your muscles, which tighten up, you know, to prepare for fight or prepare for running away. Um, your heart rate increases and your breathing increases. Uh, so we do all that psychoeducation, again, behind um, how the mind and body respond to an emotion. Because research shows us if we know what's going on inside our mind and our body, we feel more empowered to do something about it. Um, so we'll go even deeper into, so one of the most common strategies we teach here is deep breathing. Most people know what deep breathing is. A lot of people tell me, oh, it's not, it doesn't work with my kiddo. <laughs> but often when we take the time to explain the science behind deep breathing, so a quick overview, uh, you have a vagus nerve that runs from your brain down to the rest of your body. Scientists say it's one of the most important important nerves in your whole body. Um, and just by taking a deep breath, like a long, slow inhale and a long, slow exhale, your brain tells the vagus nerve to tell the rest of the body to calm down and start stop freaking out. Um, and when the body does that, then the brain can start to think more clearly and problem solve more effectively. And then we can kind of shift over to like some cognitive restructuring. So here at Mini Minds, we like to talk about uh, the power of positive affirmations. So we've already taught kids about their cognitive thought process and we can show them, hey, listen, when we have a negative thought, like what if no one likes me? We're gonna feel worried and insecure and we may cry or yell or hit. So if we start with this thought and finish that thought process, this is what's gonna happen. And those are behaviors that typically get us in trouble with peers, parents, teachers, uh, pretty much everyone. But if we can practice identifying that thought and changing it, then we can create more positive outcomes for ourselves. So an example might be, um, I am always surrounded by love. So once we're able to identify an affirmation that really resonates with us, we repeat it over and over and over and over and over again because that's how we build neural pathways in our brain. And when we think this, we will feel more calm and confident and in control and uh, feel more empowered to uh, display some more pro-social behaviors like saying hello to a friend or asking a friend to play with us. And again, one of the ways that we love to do this here at Mini Minds is through yoga. We love to teach kids about their brain and the rest of their body through yoga. So if you go over to our Facebook page and scroll down like a week or two, you'll see a video of how one of our occupational therapists used yoga to explain how positive affirmations work in the brain. And I'll give you a quick overview here before we wrap up. Um, but she created a yoga flow that she called Catch It, Check It, and Change It. 
and it starts with lizard pose. And we, st uh, we chose lizard pose because that emotional center of your brain, the hippocampus and the amygdala, is often called the reptilian part of our brain or the lizard brain because it goes all the way back to cavemen when they really had to decide quickly if something was a threat. And um, that's where the fight, flight, or freeze response came in. And that's why your brain today still reacts the way it does. So we start with lizard pose. And then the kiddos would jump into frog pose and practice catching or identifying that negative thought that was about to take over the rest of their body. And after frog pose, we would move into rock the cradle pose. And that's where we do our change. That's where we repeat to ourselves over and over and over again that positive affirmation and try to find the negative, the untruths about um, that negative thought and change it to a positive thought. And then we'll flip over and we'll end in cobra pose, which is a strength pose. Um, so that's just kind of a really quick overview about um, how we approach anxiety and other overwhelming emotions uh, here at Mini Minds using brain psychoeducation and yoga. I love it. And I love that you have visuals. You can tell you work with kids. <laughs> yes, I'm also a visual learner. So <laughs> I love it. So a couple questions that came up when you were talking. Um, do you teach them more one-on-one, -on -one, like the yoga? Is it a one-on-one -on -one teaching? Is it a class? That's a great How question. So here at Mini Minds, we really wanted to design services that would meet the needs of it anyone here in the community. So we have individual therapies for kiddos who really need that one-on-one -on -one instruction and therapeutic work. We have classes. So our yoga classes are um, in groups. Uh, we have, have about 10 kiddos and one or two instructors per class. Uh, we also have some nutrition classes, some art classes. We have a ton of classes here at Mini Minds. And again, the goal of that is to do that psychoeducation in a group setting. Um, and then we also have workshops for parents where, um, for example, this 10 to 15 minute talk, we dig even deeper into the science behind overwhelming emotions and how um, specific tools and strategies that parents can use at home to help their children cope with those. So we offer a wide range of services to help families. So um, what about what ages do you start? So we start with infancy. So we oh. have a licensed mental health clinician here who specializes in our zero to five population. So right from the start, we want to uh, work on this social and emotional development with children. It's never too early to start. Okay. And we specialize in children through elementary school. We okay. do have a ton of junior high, high school, and young adult people here as well. But our niche is definitely zero to elementary school. Is there any signs of anxiety that um, we may not know is really a sign of anxiety, like a subtle sign? Yeah, so what um, I always tell parents that I work with that the only person who understands what is going on inside their body and mind is the child. And so we have to empower them again with that language so that they can clearly and confidently express what they're experiencing. Otherwise, we're left here guessing, like, what is this a signal of? What is this a symptom of? But if we really spend the time and do this emotional work with kiddos, they're able to say, like, I feel really nervous about going to that birthday party. What if no one plays with me? And once we have that language from the child, then ourselves as parents are able to say, oh, 
okay, I can help you solve that problem. Let's take some deep breaths, get ourselves in order, and come up with a few ways that we can solve this problem. I always tell families there's at least three ways to solve a problem, if not 300. Mm -hmm. So we think of all the different ways that we can solve the problem, and then we pick the best one. And if that works, great. If it doesn't, we go back to our list and we try again. Wonderful. And then does someone have to be a client first to attend your workshops and classes, or can they start in through that way? Nope. Our classes are welcome to the whole entire community. We really wanted to design services that would meet the needs of anyone in our community, because again, anyone and everyone can benefit from this knowledge. That is fantastic. I am so excited to hear about your practice. It's, it's really needed. Um, kids today really need this. So I appreciate what you're doing. And um, if any, I'm going to throw your website up here one more time, maybe. <laughs> um, and if you go on the workshops tab of our website, that's where you'll see we offer regularly, I think it's six or we might now uh, seven. We offer twice a quarter all of our workshops. And those workshops were kind of created as like the foundation. Any family can benefit from that knowledge in those workshops. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I think it's a great approach to dealing with this very common issue. And um, if anybody has any questions or um, wants to get a hold of you, just go to their website, miniminds.org, and um, contact them through there. But Megan, thank you again for coming on with us today. And you did awesome for your first Facebook Live. I really <laughs> Thank you. I was nervous, but again, if I thought about how nervous I was, I would probably start to hyperventilate, and then I would be all a mess talking, right? But instead, before this talk, I tried to change my thought process, and I said, wow, I am really excited for this new opportunity and to make more connections in this community, which led me to feel more confident and calm, and I think we did a pretty good job. I think you did great. Yeah, thank you. Practicing what you preach. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you again. Thank you.